Have we girl boss too close to the sun? There's a sickening, and I say that in a good way, new article in the Washington Examiner by Carrie Gress called, Is it the beginning of the end of the girl boss era? Spoiler alert, 100% yes, a million times yes. But this article is fascinating because the author credits conservative women with basically challenging the feminist ideology that has been ingrained in women for the last 50 years in a more effective and convincing way than we've ever done before. There is a mass exodus of women leaving the feminist movement and having the veil lifted from their eyes in terms of what we've been told will make women happy. Carrie writes, conservative women are challenging the regnant feminist narrative. For roughly five decades, feminism has enjoyed an unchallenged hedge money, which both indoctrinated women and gave birth to its child, woke ideology. Women such as Barbara Walters, Gloria Steinem, Katie Couric, and Rachel Maddow have had a lock on American women's messaging featuring consistent and now threadbare stories such as unequal pay for equal work, reproductive health, and the toxicity of masculinity. Let me just pop in to say real quick, all of those points that have been parroted by all those women and which have really driven the feminist movement have all been debunked now as lies. The wage gap is absolute BS. The minuscule earnings gap, and I'm talking like one cent between men and women, is just due to women making choices like raising a family, not wanting to work longer hours, or more physically demanding jobs. More women are graduating college, we're getting hired at higher rates than men, and we're making more money. Women earn 99 cents for every 100 cents men earn, AKA this wage gap doesn't exist. The feminist movement told women that we needed abortion to be happier and healthier. In reality, abortion is a tool of exploitation of women. Everyone can see 4D ultrasounds of babies now. There is no denying this science and biology of what women are pregnant with, a human being. And when a woman snuffs out that life, she is wrecked with immense guilt and crippling shame, higher depression, suicide rates, and anxiety. Britney Spears is a great example of this. She just revealed in her new memoir, The Woman and Me, that Justin Timberlake talked her into aborting their child in the early 2000s because he didn't want to be a father yet. She wrote, he said we weren't ready to have a baby in our lives, that we were way too young. If it had been left up to me alone, I never would have done it. To this day, it's one of the most agonizing things I have ever experienced in my life. Then there's the feminist narrative that masculinity is toxic. Well, let's just call a spade a spade. That was just a term created by toxic females. True masculinity is never toxic. It's protective, it's strong, kind, and selfless. We actually need more masculinity, not less. It's just a made up term. For decades, she writes, conservative activist Phyllis Shafley was the voice in the wilderness taking on the cultural bullies. Her niece, Suzanne Venker, has carried on her aunt's legacy as America's countercultural coach with a podcast offering advice for women who want to figure out why they are unhappy in their marriages, careers, and even as mothers. Suzanne Venker was my guest in July of this year on The Spillover, who first talked about the downsides of daycare, one of my most popular episodes of The Spillover ever. She is incredible. Carrie says Suzanne is not a lone voice anymore. A bevy of young, smart, articulate women have joined the scene. Perhaps best known are Candace Owens and Brett Cooper at The Daily Wire. Candace captured the general mood of the blah, 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 feminism and the woke world in her recent comments at a college campus. When asked about a transgender person who might be triggered by her presence, Owens replied, well, you've seen the video. 
What do you have to say to the trans students on this campus who feel actively victimized by your presence here? Life's tough. Get a helmet, man. I'm too pregnant for this. Brett Cooper, on the other hand, has become a beacon for Gen Z girls and boys regularly subjected to woke nonsense at schools and colleges. Through the comment section, I am able to fill a void for people searching for a laid-back, common-sense perspective without the perverted values that are corrupting our society, to put it mildly. Um, I actually had a comment that came up on one of my videos the other day that I wanted to share with you that I feel like highlights this well. A man said, I'm a liberal, but honestly, listening to some of your viewpoints has started to change my mind. I was pro-choice, but I am moving to be moderately pro-life, which I think is pretty cool. So good. Amazing. She says other arrivals are women such as Allie Beth Stuckey and her podcast Relatable at The Blaze, Mary Rook of Trad-ish at The Daily Caller, Julie Hartman, a regular co-host with Dennis Prager and host of her own podcast titled Timeless, and Lauren Evans in Virginia Post, host of the Problematic Woman podcast at The Daily Signal. The podcast Girl Boss Interrupted by Helen Roy captures the spirit of these women with a Flannery O'Connor quote, push back against the age as hard as it pushes against you. The common thread among these women is certainly not age, race, education level, marital status, or creed, but an authentic desire to speak the truth about women. Although certainly they talk about more than just women's issues. I love this because she's right. Like all of those women, different seasons of their life, some married, some not, totally different ages, different races represented, different religions represented. She really hit the nail on the head with that. It really isn't even political, us having these types of conversations. Most conservative women just saw feminist lies for what they were from the get-go. But honestly, and I have talked about this, the feminist propaganda that we have been inundated with has been so pervasive that all women, left and right have fallen for a lot of it, especially this girl boss thing, this whole girl boss mentality, that this idea that we can have it all. The truth is not feminist, but it is the truth, okay? We can have it all in terms of a career, we can have motherhood, but in order to do them both well, they need to be at different times. That is counter to what the feminist movement says, which says, oh yeah, do whatever you wanna do, put yourself first. If, if you wanna become a mom, which it's really not that important anyway, but if you wanna become a mom, nothing will suffer. You can totally be a working mom full time and barely be home and travel a lot for work or whatever, and like your kids are gonna be great. Either we have to prioritize career first, and then motherhood or motherhood and then pursue a career once our kids are older. Now, does that mean that we're equal to men in terms of career goals and all that kind of stuff? No, but that's the whole deal, dude. We just aren't. Women are needed more at home than men, even though men are needed too. And we are needed more than each other at different seasons and for different reasons. Moms are needed more, for example, from newborn to three years old. I talked about that in my Dr. Erica Comazar episode of The Spillover. Now, indoctrinated women will say, well, why doesn't dad have to stay home? Why not dad? Because your baby doesn't need dad the way they need you in the first three years. This isn't about politics. It is about people and biological realities. And I personally am more interested in the truth than anything else. Let me tell you something. So I'm really good friends with Morgan Zegger. She's somebody who is really debating socialism and teaching young people about the dangers of socialism and all this stuff. I've worked with her as a contributor at Turning Point USA, and she's a really dear friend to me. We're both super interested in learning about what makes healthy marriage 
marriages and especially like living a non-toxic lifestyle, being crunchy. And a really big one is motherhood and lies surrounding birth and motherhood that we've been told for our entire upbringing, essentially. And the other night I was texting with Morgan and she said, Alex, this is my politics now. And I am in the same place in my life. When I tell people that I host a podcast in the conservative movement, it's always like, oh, okay, hard news of the day or whatever. And I'm like, no, it's the cultural issues that matter to me. I am obsessed with this idea of like, why have we been waiting for so long into our life? We wait until we're pregnant to start caring about what should we eat while we're pregnant? How do we want to raise kids? How do we want to give birth? What are the pros and cons of home birth versus hospital versus birthing center? Like all of these types of things. These are things that we should be preparing for and considering way before that. Really before we even go to college, we should be thinking about, is it a life goal of mine to become a mother? Okay, if that's the case, then does that impact the type of career I want to have, etc. Women on the right are doing an incredible job currently getting through to other women who are apolitical or even more liberal about these facts and just bringing attention to the fact that we're unhappy. We're more unhappy as women than we have ever been. We have given the feminist movement 50 years to experiment on us. How has that worked? And I've said this a million times, but how has that worked for us? Why not try something new? What do we have to lose? And maybe it's not trying something new per se, but I guess technically it's new to our generation by going back to the basics. Relying upon reason, she says, common sense and humor. They are attracting the tired and weary, having found feminism's Achilles heel. Its arguments are shallow and quickly crumble under any kind of scrutiny. The other conservative advantage is that the kind of woman they promote is the same that has inspired poetry and song since time began. Though little known today, beautiful, self-giving, non-narcissistic women are compelling. She says no one should expect these women to agree on everything or that we will agree with everything they say. Conservatives often fall into the trap that unless we agree 100% with a public figure, we can't support them. This tidy attempt, Carrie writes, to keep our principles pure has the effect of shredding and tearing down good things that are actually building culture and expanding our messaging reach. To see how untenable this idea is, consider that even married couples don't agree with each other 100%. Conservatism isn't about cloning, but considering our best arguments. This gave me chills! Just scroll through the Cute Servatives Facebook group for five minutes. Scroll through the comments on several of the Instagram reels I have posted promoting my recent spillover episodes. Everything she is saying is correct. This is like my life on paper. It is the number one pet peeve I have doing this job. People ask me like, well, what are the hard things? You know, what are the best things? The one thing that makes me want to throw in the towel more than anything else, even Conservative women struggle with stubbornness and not wanting to hear the best arguments on subjects having to do with motherhood and female roles especially. Everything that is countercultural gets attacked as mean, bullying, or shaming. Constantly, I am bombarded with threats of I'm unfollowing or I'm unsubscribing or I'm just not gonna listen to this to an interview that I have with someone who threatens to shatter someone's worldview. And this is what I do not relate to at all. The coolest Best moments in my life the past couple of years have been when someone taught me something and wrecked my worldview. They made me consider something that I had never considered or questioned before. The biggest example I can think of is how I have changed my mind on the fertility industry. And I credit two people with this. It's Allie Beth Stuckey and Katie Faust. 
Allie is the person who started this conversation in the conservative movement and her and I are friends. And I remember, I think it was 2020, I don't know, but I remember asking her, have we ever stopped to think about the pro-life ethics of IVF? Like, I, I just, I have a lot of questions of this and I, I'm not really finding any information. Allie was like, you know, I'm not sure. She went and had to a couple of really incredible guests on her podcast, Relatable, that I listened to that totally changed my mind. Then I went to have on Katie Faust on my podcast who solidified my worldview changing on this more than ever. And then I know for some of you guys who were willing to listen to it, it also changed your mind. You'll have to go back and listen to those episodes, but it just created this question of if we're creating more harm than good, not saying, and I go into that in those episodes, not saying that, you know, children born with these different methods are less valuable or whatever has nothing to do with the value of children. They're still human beings. They're still precious. But if we believe that there are ethical issues that exist within it, you know, for me, I had to consider, okay, so if I agree with that, when all of these problems were laid out for me from people like Katie Faust, would that mean that I'd have to give up my dream of being a mom if I don't get married? Because my entire 20s, I was like, oh yeah, yeah, by 30, and I'm 30 now. By 30, if I'm not married with kids yet, I'm gonna freeze my eggs. And so when my mind was changed on all of this, yeah, it sucked. It was painful. It was uncomfy because I had to, consider that maybe my selfish desire or wanting to live in this cushy world of like anyone who wants to be a mom should be a mom. Well, is that really true? Is that what's best for children to be purposely raised in a single parent home? If you become a single parent by circumstance, whatever, and that's out of your control, but if it's on purpose, is that doing what's right for you as an adult or doing what's best for children? But changing my mind on this and hearing this information, it made me better. I loathe people who want to be ignorant because things hurt their feelings. For those of us who are millennials, we've been fed the softest, babified version of conservatism our entire lifetime. But what is conservatism if it isn't conserving things like family and traditional gender roles? There is a lot to reconsider and relearn. The article finishes up. Many of us are making the arduous journey away from feminism's cult-like purse strings. It feels like a luxury to have several talking heads to listen to, learn from, and follow instead of what conservative women did in the past, speak in hushed tones to their other closeted conservative friends. We can pray for fantastic success for these trailblazing women, but not so much success that they get hired by a place such as the New York Times or MSNBC. We don't need any more conservative, she writes, entranced by a pants crease or the latest lefty wonderkind to abandon the very principles that made them conservatives in the first place. And that's the freaking conservatee, as I like to say. Thumbs up this video, subscribe to this channel so I don't get, you know, hypnotized by some MSNBC job that'll take me away from my future family. So I can just make YouTube videos at home and do it this way. No, I'm just kidding. I mean, I'm not, but I am, but I am not. Also subscribe to my podcast, The Spillover, to hear enlightening interviews on topics exactly like what she just described.